It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Jaguars podcast, part of the Locked On Sports Network. I am your host, Zach Goodall. I welcome you back. It is the return of the Jaguars. It is Forever Teal Week. That's right. The Jaguars are coming off their bye week. And for the first time in what feels like ever, looks like they won their bye week. And I am joined by my co-host, Misto Cristofo, Chris Thornton, to kind of recap what happened in the bye week. Recap what's happened on Monday night in terms of the NFL trades going kind of crazy. Uh, and, and kind of an outlook for the Jaguars, both this upcoming week against the Bengals, as well as moves they can make considering all the shakeups in the NFL. Chris, that's the basics of what happened on Monday night. All right, so uh, I was kind of expecting a pretty slow uh, trade deadline, which usually is the case for the uh, NFL compared to other sports. And we actually got hit with two pretty significant trades, uh, one that I thought was probably going to happen and the other that completely blindsided me and I think most of the NFL. Uh, the first being Dwayne Brown being traded from the Houston Texans to the Seattle Seahawks. And that makes sense uh, for Seattle, obviously, because they need O-line help and Houston has been seeming... Uh, to get rid of Brown for a little bit now. It uh, doesn't help Deshaun Watson. We'll kind of talk about how that impacts the Jags, obviously, in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, the Seattle Seahawks are sending Dwayne Brown, or the Seattle Seahawks are saying Jeremy Lane in a 2018 fifth-round pick and a 2019 second-round pick to Houston in return for Dwayne Brown. So Seattle gets some... Uh, Line help, and the Texans get a cornerback, which I think they should have made a move for, and they did. So uh, what are your thoughts on that, Zach? Um, I mean, you can kind of expect that Brown was on his way out, considering everything that was going on with him in terms of the extension, as well as now everything going on with, uh, with their owner, Bob McNair, and his comments, which we won't get into too much. I expected him to get moved um, at some point, and it happened. He went to a team that had had Luke Jokel as a starter on their field. Jaguars when they first drafted him, and that should really tell you all about their offensive line struggles. So, <laughs> I like them. I like the move. They uh, it needed to happen for both sides. Uh, Jeremy Lane uh, getting traded to Houston because they're very scared of D.D. Westbrook returning when they have to play him later on in the season. Right? Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, plus, losing A.J. Boye kind of really hurt that secondary. Really bad. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, kind of... Then um, we'll get... Yeah, then we'll, then we'll get into Jimmy G. 
Uh, yeah, so this was the trade that completely blindsided the league. A lot of people have obviously been thinking it should happen. It was kind of the most logical trade in the offseason. But Jimmy Garoppolo has finally been dealt from the New England Patriots to the San Francisco 49ers for a 2018 second-round pick. And a lot of people were kind of wondering that the asking price was that was a lot lower than what they were what expecting. Expected, yeah. People were expecting first-round picks. But if you think about it, San Francisco, or New England for the matter, is in essence getting almost a first-round pick because San Francisco is almost a lock to kind of pick in the first five picks of that second round. So that's probably the best value. That was probably the best deal they had on the table uh, for Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. And I think the Patriots made the right move. However... They now have no quarterbacks behind Tom Brady right now, so I'm sure they'll probably sign somebody real soon to uh, get Tom some backup help. Well, that's what, they're, they're, I'd figure they're signing Hoyer after. I thought Hoyer I thought was Hoyer released. was going to be involved in the trade. I thought it probably would have been Jimmy G to San Francisco for a 20, 2018 second round pick and Hoyer. That would have made sense just, to me. I think I think that's just contract stuff. Yeah, so now they can kind of sign Hoyer to whatever. Let him finish out the season, draft another guy, and fool the league in two years when they trade that other guy away. It's their science. I mean, they but no. The, so, oh, go ahead. I was going to say the Patriots have traded two backup quarterbacks this year <laughs> for profit. <laughs> but um, I mean, what does this speak to you in terms of the Jaguars? Because everyone's talked about them as someone that needs to trade for a quarterback, or next off season they have to dedicate themselves to finding a quarterback this obviously screams one name and one name only as of right now chris can you tell me what that name is uh i believe he used to be a captain on star trek uh captain kirk cousins (laughs) uh yeah the moat this obviously screams out that san francisco either didn't feel they were going to get Kirk Cousins, and who knows, maybe they still might make a run at Kirk Cousins. I doubt it, but I, I, you I, never, I really you never know in the NFL. But this almost kind of rules out Kirk Cousins to the 49ers, who really, in my mind, was the only front runner for Kirk Cousins. It was really either staying in Washington or going to San Francisco. So this kind of throws a curveball into next year's free agency for sure. Uh, but this kind of helps the Jags in... A load of ways because San Francisco doubt I doubt they're going to be picking a quarterback in the first two rounds now uh, so that leaves a quarterback prospect an extra one to be on the board for the Jags to pick up uh, yes that's so, a really good note I hadn't even I hadn't even thought about that so that is, a good note. that is going to hopefully drop a better prospect down to the Jags level. However, my kind of counter-argument to that is I believe Seattle will be, or not Seattle, New England will be picking a quarterback in the first two rounds. So we'll see what they kind of do, if they maybe use this pick to deal into the first round or whatever. Or, But that's, but I think definitely San Francisco not picking a quarterback in the first like five picks really kind of shakes the draft up at this point. Uh, kind of, it might make the Jags have to trade up uh, to get their guy even more now, if you think about it, because now a bunch of teams might have that kind of urge to pull the trigger to move up. Well, this means that the Jags have two options at who their guy is. It is either Kirk, who they're going to pay and make one of the b- 
like the biggest quarterback signings in NFL history, if not the big, or it's going to be a draft dude. Or e- and even if they sign someone else like an Alex Smith or a Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not convinced that those guys are making or considered to be the future like Kirk Cousins would be or a draft pick would be, right? Uh, yeah, I think if they if I don't if they sign Kirk Cousins, I think it's going to be hard for them to go quarterback in the first round, maybe the second round, because you're still going to need a guy because Kirk Cousins is 30 years old. So you get a guy and groom him. However, if Alex, if a guy like Alex Smith or Sam Bradford is signed, I still think quarterback round. quarterback in the first two rounds is definitely still totally in play. I think that guy's Great. just going to sit, mature, kind of learn, unlike what Blaine Gabbard or uh, Blake Bortles were supposed to do. I think they kind of can sit behind a competent starter and actually kind of learn the league before they're thrown to the fire. Last week with the Darius trade, and people are obviously very worried about the Jaguars' salary cap without a full understanding of like how it's going to work going forward in terms of the rollover, in terms of the ways they can still cut players and save money and restructure. And I mentioned it that, I mean, <laughs> paying Kirk is going to be a lot of money if that's something you're going to do. And now suddenly Jacksonville is almost considered a front runner. It's like them, Denver, a couple different names you see thrown around. But it was supposed to be like, you know, Kirk to 49ers was just a, it was guaranteed. A Everyone knew it was going to happen. Now suddenly Jacksonville could be a front runner and people are afraid of how much money they'll spend. They can do it, right? Uh, yeah, so uh, was kind of crunching the numbers a little bit, and if no other free agent signings uh, happen for the Jaguars or any restructures or anything, the Jaguars are expected to roll over uh, just under $35 million, uh into next year, into next year's cap, which obviously will then have the Telvin Smith and, but yeah, but just speaking from this year, about $35 million going into next year. That's not exact. I don't have all the exact numbers on everything. Uh, so This is including cutting cutting Bortles, right? No, this is just a rollover salary. Oh, just the rollover? This is just rollover. And then uh, now in 2018, you have several options to gain even more cap space. You cut Bortles, which frees up $19 million right there. You cut Chris Ivory, and you cut possibly Jeremy Parnell which brings you to a total of $43.3 million, but that also has the Telvin new extension money in there. We're estimating around 9 to $10 million per year. That can obviously be higher or lower. Uh, and then we're figuring in about a 12 to $13 million deal for Allen Robinson. Uh, we're not expecting a tag. We're expecting a kind of one-year, 12 to 13 So 43 is the final number after all those uh, transactions take place which gives you plenty of money to throw at a Kirk Cousins like that. You're not going to have a whole lot left over, but you can definitely have the money to play with if you need to. And yeah, the reason we say 12 to 13, we both agree Allen Robinson probably won't get franchise tagged. Unless, and, uh, unless they feel that he won't sign a deal, then they might be forced to tag him. I also don't think he's... Want- at least from what the image he gives off, I don't think he's going to do that. I think he'll, he'd take the Prince of Mukamara type deal, except Robinson has proven himself to be much more valuable than a guy like a Mukamara. So he'll get, I think he'd get decent money, like around 12 to 13. 
Because AB is getting 17, so he'd still be like at least four million off a year off the top paid receiver. But that like is kind of the prove it deal. Like here's the incentive, come get it. Yeah, like I mean, and still 12 to 13 for one year is great for a guy coming off an ACL tear. 100. percent But yeah, so pretty much the Jaguars they could they could realistically go after Kirk Cousins even with the money they've spent. Now the question is, should they? And I think that's kind of a decision that we will probably have to look at down the road and see where we are as a team. If maybe we make if we make a serious like Super Bowl run this year and it's apparent that we were a quarterback away, that was the only issue, then I think they might. If they feel Kirk is the guy. Because I mean, how's Kirk been looking this year? I haven't really been paying attention what as much as... What I know, as... Kirk has looked pretty good, except he really doesn't have that much around him. Um, I think, because what, they signed Pryor, right? Uh, yeah, and Pryor has not and been Pryor, there. And Pryor, and they're just not giving him the ball, is what it seems. Uh, but but Kirk, Kirk, Kirk has seemed efficient from what I've got pulled up. He's got 1,900 yards on the season, uh, 13 touchdowns, so only four interceptions. And 103 quarterback Patterson rating. So that's... Definitely improving from Bortles, and I think if you have Kirk yeah. Cousins this year, I think you might be six and one, or maybe even undefeated. I think so, one hundred percent. He's been efficient, and not even efficient. I think those are good numbers. But at the same time, all they need is efficient. Yeah. So all are you are you willing efficient. to pay Kirk Cousins over a hundred and thirty million dollars if you make him the highest paid quarterback in the NFL, are you willing to pay that for efficient? We both talked about this before the show. It would be smart for both sides to do a shorter deal. Still an expensive deal, but a shorter deal. Like you we mentioned you mentioned like three sixty. I'm even thinking like three seventy ish. Yeah. Three years seventy million. Like then, that range where it's still like probably in the top five ish for quarterbacks but a short shorter term deal because it's safer for the team to be able to try and like long-term thinking cap wise stuff like that plus the window of opportunity for this Mm -hmm. team to win and then also for himself because then he enters he'd be be 33 he'd be 33 34 possibly entering another contract You'd much rather be 33, 34 than 35, 36 entering another contract, mm-hmm. especially when they're going to be desperate teams out there like Jacksonville right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, so three years, 60 mil, because, I mean, what, Brock Osweiler got four years, 72 mil? So, not, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah, definitely, I, um, definitely a possibility. Would do it if they view he's the guy, and I'd be fine with it. I'm still in the camp that wants them to draft a guy. I think if you sign Kirk Cousins, you still draft a guy. I think drafting a guy is still a must. It has to be later on, though. I would say, I wouldn't say first round, but definitely like second round. First round, I think you... If they're they're drafting... No, if they're signing Kirk Cousins and making him one of the more expensive contracts in NFL history, you wait until the third round or after. Yeah, unless you think your guy, unless your guy is there, because nineteen draft, because you gotta think longer than three years. I mean, that's your window, but I don't know. Time, I don't know if every team's gonna keep a guy sitting for three years, because then suddenly that dude, that guy's first starting year is his contract year. Well, I mean, Patriots were able to do it with Jimmy Garoppolo. 
people to do it, this is correct. And uh, plus, plus, what if you're, what if Kirk Cousins gets hurt? You're. That's why you take someone like third, fourth is what I'm thinking. Yeah. Not as much of an investment when you're already investing so much into the position. Yeah, I can see that. So you would kind of use the first two rounds of the draft to fix even more of the offense, like get a guard, yeah, like, like double Nelson. offensive line or a tight end and an offensive lineman. Yeah, like a Quentin Nelson and then a tight end. Uh, I know you like Jacecki. I don't know if he's. I would say. I would say. Not, uh, if you're going second round, like Quentin Nelson and Mark Andrews, if he's there, would be the ideal. But I don't think Mark Andrews win, falls win. that far. Jaseki from Penn State. Jaseki, I think, has a third round grade. But if he's your guy and you like him, then you take him late second. That's fine. You do that. Then suddenly you've got a rebuilt offense with another offensive lineman, a first round one, uh, receiving tight end, which you desperately needed, and of course Kirk Cousins on top of a prove it deal, Allen Robinson. I'm assuming you keep one of Hearns or Lee. I'm thinking. I'm thinking the. And of course, Leonard Fournette too. Yeah. And then I guess very, very different, yet very, very intriguing offense. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. And then, 100%. Uh, so we were kind of talking, kind of jumping back a little bit. We were talking about how these two trades kind of affect the Jags, and we already talked about the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. Obviously, the kind of trickle down that it has right off the bat. The biggest or the first most. I guess impact is that the Jaguars will now be playing Jimmy Garoppolo on Christmas Eve uh, instead of Brian Hoyer or CJ Beathard. So that's the first impact. Uh, and then obviously we discussed the Kirk Cousins, the trade and all that. And then now the second uh, kind of wave of impact from these trades is obviously Dwayne Brown going to Seattle. So this affects the Jags kind of now and in the uh, and future because we... S- play the Texans again, so their O-line will be worse. So maybe we might post 11 sacks? Uh, play? Maybe, maybe not, because Deshaun Watson is actually mobile and can get out of the pocket. But uh, so At the, the same time, I feel you. Yeah, the Jags O-line, or Jags D-line should be able to eat against the Texans O-line once again. Uh, but now, a bad Seattle O-line got better, and the Jags the do play Wilson. Seattle. The Jags will play the Seattle Seahawks in, uh, I want to say, week 14. So the Jags, in essence, kind of just have to wait a little longer to play Dwayne Brown because they didn't play him week one because he was holding out. So the Jags just have to wait a little longer to kind of see what Dwayne Brown is really like uh, with this defense. And then Jeremy Lane going to Houston. Houston gets some cornerback help which I guess could affect the Jags' offense a little bit, kind of playing a more competent secondary. Uh, But I don't think Jeremy Lane's kind of going to be a game-changer at that point. No, I agree. Um, It depends on how Jacksonville can come out and throw the ball as well, that being obviously very important. If they can't do it already, Jeremy Lane might have himself a big day. Mm -hmm. We'll see. But no, yeah, they're... um, these trade talks with the Jaguars, even though they're completely unrelated, are very related. <laughs> oh, yeah. Related, unrelated? I was trying to think. I was trying to kind of think about every, all these trades, and then I was kind of thinking, I was like, you know, this kind of does affect the Jags, and then I was kind of really deep in it. <laughs> I was really digging into it with the whole draft thing, because I was like, well, 
now the Jags kind of have a shot at another quarterback prospect falling to them. But then again, I was like, well, I honestly think New England's going to be taking a quarterback early, like first or second round this year. So that'll be interesting. I think now, I think the perfect fit is now Mason Rudolph to the Patriots. I've actually started to think that Mason Rudolph Steeler. He'll be a Pittsburgh Steeler? Can me should I? Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and drop a little nuggets on here. Um, I do know that the other day at the Oklahoma State West Virginia game, um, Jaguars did have a scout there. It was obviously a big quarterback matchup between Oklahoma State having Mason Rudolph and West Virginia having Will Greer. Rudolph looking much better than Greer in that game, by the way. Um, the Jaguars did have a scout there. It was not. Uh, there were two GMs in the building, and neither of them were Dave Caldwell. The Steelers GM Kevin Colbert was in the building for the game. It's, in, it's kind of a fit into that scheme, you know, where you have dynamic players that can go up and fight for the ball, and you can kind of rely on what one reads because you've got a quick offense that you can play. Um, you know, short intermediate and deep yard gains with all these different guys. It's kind of a lock on and do your thing. We saw Ben do it when Mike Wallace was there, the signature like head nod, like this yep. is to Mike Wallace play, stuff like that. Plus with a rushing attack, um, whether Bell's there or not, they've got Connor. They still have a great offensive line. I I think uh, Rudolph is a fit there. Yeah, I could see, I could see Rudolph going either. I think kind of Rudolph fits the new England safe quarterback model. Yeah, that is true. I could see they also, Mason Rudolph could also be a Patriots rival because another nugget I have is that Brandon Bean was at that game too. Huh. Very interesting. I told you. I didn't realize I didn't tell you. <laughs> I know we have uh, we had Philippe on a few days ago and he kind of dropped a hot take for Lamar Jackson going first overall. And ever since he said that, I've seen – at least four or five different mock drafts with Lamar Jackson going first overall now. Oh, so, yeah, he's starting to gain the hype that he deserves. He's, he's getting the hype. So, uh, whether he's, I don't know who's picking first, uh, but now I'll have to see how these mock drafts look because a lot of these mock drafts had him going to San Francisco. Uh, so, we'll have to see kind of how that changes. I still think he might be one of the first off the board, but it'll definitely be interesting, and we'll obviously talk about that as the – uh, year gets closer to the draft and so on and so forth. I still want Baker. Uh, so do I. Baker Mayfield, number one in my heart. Have Baker, I'll take Lamar. If I can't have Lamar, I'll take Kirk. I'll take Mason if I can't that's have my, the first two. That's my, that's my order. I'll do Baker, Lamar, Kirk, Mason. If we're going strictly draft, mine is Baker, Lamar, Mason. And then it's kind of a free fall yeah, from there. That's mine if we're doing strictly draft. You just got to add Kirk in there for me if mm-hmm. uh, at the third spot if you can include him. But um, will that pretty much do it for us? you have any last notes you want to uh, add? No, that's about it. I think that's enough. Uh, uh, rumor mill. Yeah, rumor mill talk. Predictions. Hypotheticals. Hypotheticals, but very intriguing. Very intriguing for sure. Yeah. That should do it for us here at Locked On Jaguars. Be sure to follow the Twitter handle at Locked On Jaguars. Follow Chris at Misto Christopho. Follow me at Zach underscore Goodall. Happy Halloween to everyone. Um, go Jaguars. We will catch up with you tomorrow. Um, we should have 
the injury report for Wednesday, kind of start previewing the game against Cincinnati and Forever Teal. Uh, We'll catch up with you later. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.